feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here, and I will be back for Welcome to Fourth and Go Podcast. We are well, let me start over. Welcome to Fourth and Go Podcast. We are back. Uh, some errors on the intro there. Uh, the Sunday recording. We are going to be talking to another Senior Bowl prospect, another one of our favorites at the Senior Bowl. Um, I gotta get to work, man. Sunday working is stupid. But Matt, what's going on? Not that much, dude. Like you said, Sunday working is stupid, so I'm not doing it. So I'm not going to work today. But like you said, we've got one of our favorite players from 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 Mobile from the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl standout. We got a guy from the University of Minnesota. Benjamin St. Juice. Ben, how you doing, brother? Doing great. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you joining us. Um, I'm going to get right to it because I'm a Penn State guy. Why did you guys have to abuse us in 2019? Like, y'all went ham on them Penn State boys in 2019. Tell me about the prep going into that game. But I think that was a game that set that kind of put Minnesota like, okay, we're here now. What, is, what was that game to you guys? Well, exactly. Just like you said, it was a game. It, it was a statement game for us to, to kind of change our whole program around just the the name and put a spotlight on us to to win against number four Penn State at home on a sellout crowd um, with, 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 uh, with college game day. You know, we needed we needed that W to kind of like flip a whole program around and, you know, start a new dynasty to be like, OK, Minnesota is not the same Minnesota that it was in previous years that now we're not. And also there was a lot more, you know, there was a lot of hype and there was a lot of, you know, trash talking going into the week and us being underrated and them saying sink the boat and all that stuff. So we had a little bit more of a little bit more <laughs> fuel in the tank for that game. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was a great game. And you had a play, actually, a breakup in the corner of the end zone. I was going to pull it up because this is when he said the game was over. This was it. So, you know, you, you, they're trying to run a fade route. You just get your arm up there. You break it up and then you get up and and you just throw your arms up. What's that? What's that feeling like when you break when you break up a pass in the end zone like that on such a huge play? I mean, yeah, it was uh, it, I mean, it's supposed to be routine for me, you know, it's, so I was I was expecting it. I was waiting for it the whole game. You know, the big time player, Cajun Hamlet, they're going to go. They're going to go to him. So in the red zone, I was looking I was looking at him. I was making sure trying to figure out where he's at and what they can run and all that. And based on my position right there, I'm like, you know what? I'm 6'3", so if you want to throw a jump ball, then go ahead and be my guest, but I'll, I won't give you the slant. I won't give you the slant, so I'll stay inside, and then he threw the jump ball, and I got the, the PBU, and then that, you know, the next play after that, like, that kind of, like, flipped the game, you know? It kind of, like, you know, put that the was momentum, momentum on, on our side and put more pressure on them on offense, so that was a good play. Yeah, you guys you guys had the pressure on Penn State that entire game, and after that breakup, I was like, all right, this game's over. I just I, I almost shut the TV off, and, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, so I'm a yeah. Penn State kid. So, um, But, yeah, that was a solid team. One of your teammates just won the Super Bowl. Actually, two of your teammates just won the Super Bowl. Have they reached out to you about the uh, draft process and with Winfield and uh, Tyler Johnson? 
Yeah, so uh, definitely, I mean, uh, I, t- I talked with, uh, with Antoine because, like, uh, when I came into Minnesota in 2019, he was uh, he was a safety on my side. So I kind of, like, leaned on him to, like, learn a lot from the game and learn a lot of what he knows and all that stuff. So uh, we chatted a couple times during the draft process, asking him about, like, you know, training questions and how, how it works and how to be, like, professional and the best way to do it and all that stuff. So he's been he's been a lot of uh, good great help for me. Yeah, we uh, we were both really high on Antoine Winfield last year. And then, of course, you know, he gets to the Super Bowl. He throws up the deuces to Tyreek Hill and <laughs> just kind of throws it in his face, which is fantastic. After watching Tyreek Hill do that to everybody all season long, that was fun to watch. Um, but let's, let's talk about Mobile real fast. You know, you were a standout corner down there. There's a lot of good wide receivers, and you seem to lock them down all week long, all, all during practices. And then there was – during the game, you had a stretch. It was like, I think it was three straight plays where you had to pass break up on three consecutive plays. So what's it like to go down there and just kind of show out in, in a, a really good crop of players? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, it's a blessing. It was super honored to be down there with, like, some of the best players from the draft and compete and, you know, not only compete with them but get better, you know. Some of them got some great techniques. They got great skills and all that stuff. So you learn and you can test your game with them and see where you at and all that stuff. So that was great. And also I try to maximize my opportunity because – in a, in a draft year like we have right now with COVID and all that stuff, that might be the only time that, like, scouts can actually see you ball and see you play in person and, and see you playing football. See, you can run a 40 and do all those drills, but that doesn't that doesn't tell you if you can re- really ball. You can be a good football player. But, like, the senior bowl and all the other bowls, all-star games, that's where you can see if you really got a baller. So I'm glad that I had the chance to really maximize my opportunities to, to let the scouts know that I'm, you know, one of the top corners in this draft. So we've spoken to um, guys on both teams. You were on Flores' team. Um, what was it like with Coach Flores? Because everyone's kind of got a different view with, with Coach. He just he was pretty quiet, and then he was kind of exciting in the locker room. We were looking for him all, all, all practice because we, we didn't see him or hear from him. What was it like working with, um, uh, with Coach Flores? I mean, like you said, he's not a he's not a, a big screamer, raw raw guy. Like he's very quiet, very calm, and all that stuff. But he get he gets his points across, you know. So, uh, the, throughout the whole week, it was to uh, be uh, competing and actually winning the game. You know, he said he he didn't come down there with his staff to not just win, to not win the game. He didn't come down here to do all this game plan and not win the game. So <laughs> he wanted he wanted to win the damn game. So he made it sure that like we knew like what what the mission was on Saturday. So he's a he's a cool guy. I like him. Yeah, all right, fun. Who was who was your favorite wide receiver to go up against in one on ones while you were down there? Favorite receiver to go against, so I would name three that I realized. Obviously, my 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 former teammate at Michigan, Nico Collins, was a really good receiver. Kay Johnson is also very underrated. Oh yeah, he caught every football coming his way in the slot. He was more in the slot, so we didn't. I didn't guard him that much, but he played a little bit of X too. And then uh, Des Fitzpatrick, who also, you know, won like uh, you know, I think a fencing player to uh, the game and on Saturday was a really uh, a rising star throughout the whole week. So I said these three, those three receivers were really good throughout the week, and we got some good battles in. Yeah, those were we watched. We watched those. Those were really good all week. Um, those one on ones were were solid. Um, so you're from Montreal, yeah, right? Okay, so is there a different process? Uh, when you're in high school for college scouting or do you have to go do different things because you're in Canada? How does that work? How do how do colleges like, hey, look, there's this kid in Montreal. Like, how does how does that start to get like talk, walk us through that? Yeah, yeah. So definitely, I mean, I would say I think I think right now it's a little bit different since we got guys like, you know, me, like Chuba, uh, 
uh, Chase Claypool, you know, coming out. I think a lot of like the the college scouts, NFL scouts starting to look at Canada and starting to recruit more. But back in my days when I was coming out, uh, we didn't have no 24, 247 sports, ESPN rivals and all that. So there wasn't no rankings. and We didn't have no camps. Uh, if you wanted to earn, get a scholarship, you had to drive down to the nearest camp in the state. So if, like for me, I drove 10, 11 hours to, to the Michigan camp in 2015 to go get my scholarship because they won't extend you a scholarship because they're like, oh, he's from Canada. Like, I don't know, we, he, he doesn't play the same competition and all that stuff. So we can't give you a scholarship. But you can come down here and do a camp, but not even one can afford to come do kind of like, you know, drive down 10, 11 hours to go do a camp. So I had to, you know, save up my money and all that stuff as a young kid and go do this camp. And I earned my first scholarship at Michigan. So it's, it's, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. It's very, it's very different. So we're, we're a 49ers podcast, so we got to ask, what was it like playing for Coach Harbaugh? Because obviously 49ers fans still have a very soft spot in their heart for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean <clears> – <throat> It was it was great to be honest. It was great. I learned as a young player. I learned a lot uh, in terms of, of football, football knowledge, and football like you know just the, the game of football in general. Because he heat sleep football. You know that's that's all he that's all he knows. And <laughs> and uh, you know so uh, my first two years, I was just you know all ears. You know just soaking up everything and all the knowledge that he had and putting that into my game and making sure I can be the best player possible. So it was definitely an experience. And uh, seeing that we are a 49ers podcast, there was a report a couple weeks ago that said, you know, you guys had a real connection uh, with your visit with the 49ers. How did that go? Was there anything? You don't have to divulge everything. Just how, yeah. how was that whole meeting process? And, um, you know, what do you what do you think of the 49ers as a team that potentially could be selecting you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the 49ers is a, is a great team. I, I had a, a great connection with them. Actually, the first first night of the meetings, my first meeting was with the 49ers, started with the 49ers. Um, you know, John Lynch was there. John Lynch is uh, one as a family friend of my of my girlfriend. So he knows her dad and all that stuff. So we were just chopping it up about like, you know, um, you know, uh, Cause you know, I mean they're from the they're from the Denver Colorado area so that's why that's how they know them so I was like oh that's that's cool that you know I didn't I didn't even know that and they were all everybody was cool all the scouts that the from the 49ers were cool there and then we had a great conversation and uh, obviously uh, with them having Richard Sherman and the type of corners that they have they were pretty interested in my type of corner and all that stuff so hopefully like we you know uh, I do end up there if not you know it was still a great a great time uh, you know meeting with them and chatting up with them yeah let's talk about that because you're six three. Yeah. And corners aren't supposed to be six three. That's that's not like that's not what happens in the league anymore. But it's becoming more of a thing. So you're you're just super long. And 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 when I watch your tape, I see a lot of Akella Witherspoon in it. Uh, just how long and how you get your arms up there and break up passes. You know, who would you say you model your game after in the NFL? Uh, you know what's crazy is that uh, when I was younger, I always looked at uh, Darrell Revis for my game you know I like his footwork I like his patience at the line of press that covers zero just shutting down receiver obviously Richard Sherman uh was emerging at that time and in 2012 2013 so I kind of like modeled my game after him but like you know I try to pick and choose from every type of corner you know Sherman's a really smart corner Darrell Reavers a press man corner I like Marlon Humphrey uh physicality and stuff and like you said with a spoon also we got the same type of body and wingspan so I pick and choose from different from different corners that are great and then I, I model my game after that yeah, I mean, I, I liked everything that I saw on tape. I thought I thought you had some excellent tape. And, you know, that 80-inch arm, I'm like, Jesus, that's a lot of length. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, with um, with all this going on in the world the last couple of years, you know, I've read some stuff about you. How do you how do you intend on using your platform once you get to the NFL? I, I mean, it sounds like you were very interested in social justice from what it sounded like you were interested in the COVID situation. How do you plan on using your, your platform, giving back or – 
just, you know, spreading what type of, you know, positivity or anything you're looking to do with that stuff? Yeah, well, definitely whatever I was doing right now in college with the limited resources and time that I have, I'm going to just double that when I'm in the NFL, you know, and, 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 and that, that, that goes from, like you said, like it could be like a social issue. It could be a racial issue. It could be just giving back to my community back home and like in Montreal for the kids and all that stuff. Like the bigger platform you have as a football player is a bigger chance for you to give back to the younger generation that, you know, me, I didn't have like a role model or somebody that from Montreal and the NFL doing all that stuff. So I could be the first one. And, and just in terms of racial and social injustices, that's just the right thing to do as a, as a human, as a person. So you don't need to be a football player, but it just gives you a bigger boost when you're football player and you have a bigger platform to do those things so that's just uh that th those are just things that you can do to be remembered to to be remembered at the end of the day that, that you were more than just a football player you did more you know for your community for society or just the world in general agreed agreed that is awesome that is that is awesome but i gotta ask i gotta ask you told us you were just finishing up brunch what yeah. was on the menu what was on the menu what'd you have what's, what's your go-to brunch order Okay, so uh, starting, you know, ever since I uh, started this uh, combine training and all that stuff, I've been I've been on the healthy side, you know. So I had to go with the egg white, uh, a little bit of potato on the side, wheat toast, and uh, 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 <laughs> some turkey bacon, and then a, 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 a one slice of pancake on the side, you know. So you gotta get the sweets in there. Pancakes gotta yes. be in there. Got to. <clears throat> um, since there was no combine, um, is Minnesota doing a pro day or how are you prepping for the draft or how are you sending in, you know, your numbers and things like that to these NFL teams? Yeah. So actually I just, uh, last week I had a agency pro day in, uh, in LA. So with sports and Mamba sports Academy, they held a, a pro, a pro day with priority sports was my agency. So we had a pro day there. And then I also have a pro day in, uh, in Minneapolis on April 1st. So I have two, two sets of numbers to show to send to the, the scout. So that should make up for, uh, no, no combine this year. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit of a weird process because, you know, obviously, usually there's there's all the in-person meetings and everything else. Um, it, do you think it's working out to your advantage or disadvantage that everything is kind of weird and shut down? I have no idea, to be honest. I mean, I'm just I'm just doing me. I'm just doing trying to do everything right, trying to do everything 100 percent and and maximize my opportunity. I don't know if uh, I know having a combine or not, it, it would have would have helped me. But uh, I think I think I'm, I'm going to be fine regardless. Ahead, yeah, so Javi, Javi, like, Javi likes to ask this question. I'm going to steal it from him. You know, it, it, before the game, you know, everybody's got their little rituals and everything. Everybody's got to sit down in the locker room. You put the headphones on. What are you listening to before a game starts? What I listen to before the game starts? Okay. Um, so, like, a couple hours before the game, I like to – I don't like to be too uh, turned up, you know, so I'll listen to, like, some smooth stuff. So I'll listen to maybe some uh, – some uh some machiavelli tupac you know some biggie you know a little bit of that some little hutang you know a little bit of you know spin some bars but like nothing too aggressive and then when we start getting to the getting to the uh getting to the game getting to the game uh, maybe i'll listen to a little bit more of uh uh 21 savage or some rick ross <laughs> or something like that you know some more like all right i'm gonna get into the game and stuff like that like so yeah, no, that's. I mean, Machiavelli was kind of aggressive album. It was. It was a little aggressive. Yeah, not I that aggressive. Say, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the one right before All Eyes on Me? Is it um, me? Uh, me against the world. Yeah, me against the world. Yeah, there that's that's a good smooth. one. There you yeah, go. There we go. No, that's that's fair. Um, you know, it, not everything has to be about football. What do you What do you like to do on your off time? Do you have any kids? Do you have a girlfriend, wife? What What do you What do you like to do in your free time? Yeah, on my free time, I'll be spending my time with uh, my girlfriend. I've been, uh, been with her for three and a half years. She runs track. She ran track at Michigan. She runs track at University of Georgia now. So every time I got time to go see her, I go see her uh, run track. 
And then uh, if not that, I try to spend time with my family. Uh, I haven't seen my family in a long time, you know, with COVID restriction between the mm -hmm. Canadian and U.S. border. You know, I, they haven't been able to see me since March last year. So every time I got time to go back home or see my family, that's what I'll do. So growing up in Canada, who was your favorite team to watch when you were when you were a kid? Uh, so I was a big Baltimore Ravens fan when, you know, Ray Lewis and oh, yeah. Terrell Suggs was there and all that stuff. Then when Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos, I was a big fan from like 2011 all the way to 2015. And then right now, I don't, I don't know. I don't have like a favorite team, to be honest. Like, I guess I guess the next team that picks me, that would be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, before we get I know you said get limited time. So before we get you out of here, what you know, for a team that's drafting you, what are they getting? What what's going to separate you from the J.C. Horns, the Sertains and those guys? What what makes you different from those guys? Uh, what makes me different is that I bring the same skill set that they do. They uh, maybe I'm just like I got that underrated slogan on me and tag on me. So then uh, whoever team get they, they're a great player, whoever team gets them. Uh, they get a great player, but whoever team gets me, they get a great player too. And then, um, and then, what separates me from the, from them is my versatility. You know, um, are they six three? No, do you have any inch? You know, like arm, like that. inch arm and Eddie Jim too, but I'm 6'3". Probably not. Do they play all four special team? I don't know. You know, those are all things that go in, like, that goes in, uh, goes in favor for me, you know, to, they can put me anywhere on the field and I can make plays. And um, I've always been a captain and a leader and stuff like that. So I just bring the whole thing to the, the whole package to the table. So they definitely do get a great player. And like you said, JC Holm, Patrick Sertain and all that stuff, you know, they get a lot of hype and all that stuff, but they'll get the same package with me and then plus more. So. Love it. love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. That versatility, man. That's that's exactly what the NFL is moving towards. You know, everything is versatility. Everything's positionless now. So, I, you know, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you end up in red and gold. We hope that, that first meeting with the 49ers signals that they are going to be drafting you indeed. Uh, you know, go ahead and shout yourself out here. Social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you got. Let the people know where they can find you. Yes, yes. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok, all that stuff, Snapchats, it'll be a, a B E N J Benj underscore juice, J U I C E. So, y'all go follow me on there. <laughs> go follow this man. He's going to be very successful in the NFL. We hope, we wish you the best, even if it's not in San Francisco. Um, best of luck to you, your girlfriend, and your family. And hopefully, you can see them soon with once this COVID stuff hopefully knocks down. But uh, we uh, we look forward to seeing you getting selected uh, over, over draft weekend, Ben. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thanks. That was Ben St. Juice. Thanks. Thanks to him, man. He, he had a great senior bowl. I thought yes. he was excellent. I remember, yes. I remember he had that pass breakup in day two of practice and the, the sideline erupted. You remember that in the back mm -hmm. of the end zone? Mm -hmm. uh, Ben's going to be a solid prospect for whoever gets him. Kids got his head on his shoulders the right way. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that he, you know, he wants to use his platform for the correct things. Mm -hmm. um, whether that be social justice, giving back to the community, taking care of kids. Um, that's what we need. We need more role models in this world. And uh, I, I thought that was interesting when I was reading up on him and the fact that he's from Canada. It's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Canadian let's go. Player. Let's get, let's, let's, let's get a connect <laughs> on the team. Right. I uh, know. Thank you so much to Ben. And, and he, he kind of worked around his schedule, our schedule to kind of make that happen. So we really appreciate him uh, wrapping up brunch so he could talk with us. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's see the 49ers. There's been a little bit of news that has come out this week. So Ross Welly gets an extension. And then, you know, we're looking at uh, oh, who else was it got the extension? Why am I why am I blanking here right now? Um, but Marcel Russell Harris. Harris was a player. Russ, yes, Marcel Harris. That's right. Uh, Marcel Harris. 
Um, two kind of back of the roster guys, mm-hmm. you know, back to the back third of the, of the roster, but Marcel Harris is flash. We've seen him. We've seen him make some plays. We saw him steal Lamar Jackson's lunch one year. We saw, uh, we've seen him make a lot of tackles, some splash plays. I think it's important to keep those guys around. Depth I think dwell, need them. Depth pieces. And, and when you look at the, the, how many free agents the 49ers are going to have, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So keeping those guys around, I think that's a, I think that's a smart and prudent move uh, to make uh, before free agency hits. Yeah, they have to do that. You know, we're, we're up, we're coming up on free agency in a couple of days. What's today? Today is the seventh, mm-hmm. 10 days away from the start of the new league year. Um, we should hopefully see some action, you know, Trent Williams. I can say this publicly. They had, they, the Niners and to Kyle, Chris Forster and Trent Williams went to lunch a couple of days ago. From what I understand, it went very well. So hopefully we get some good Trent, Trent Williams news soon. Um, on, you know, on hopefully an extension. Um, and if it doesn't, Please. then, you know, we, we got to look to the draft plan changes completely. Um, Niners were in, in Washington, taking a look at Keith Taylor as well, another cornerback. So the Niners are definitely trying to address their cornerback situation. You heard it from Ben. Ben said he met with John Lynch and the 49ers staff. So they are looking to improve their um, smart, Cheap free agents, smart signings with uh, Ross Dwelly. I think I think Dwelly's a nice player. I think he's versatile enough where you keep him around. It's not going to cost you too much. He doesn't hurt you really in anything as far as a, as a football player. He's not a bad player. He's just not George Kittle, but he can come in and do some nice things. And then Marcel Harris, you know, he's come in several times on a pinch and and made some things made some things happen. Um, so yeah, know, with I, with, I, with, with Tart being with Tart being a free agent and likely gone in free agency. Um, you need to have Marcel Harris there. So you at least have a warm body that knows what they're doing. That knows the system that knows, that knows how to play the defense. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's little moves like this that help out a lot when it comes to, when it comes to keeping the roster together and keeping this team moving forward, because uh, if they were let all these little depth pieces go, that'd be bad news, bad, bad, bad news for the team. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they would survive just letting all these guys walk. So it's not, it's not like this isn't banner news. This isn't throw a ticker tape parade for the re-signing of Rostwelli and Marcel Harris, but it's smart. That's what they should have done. So yeah, it's, you know, it's a solid move. And with, with the Niners, you know, we talked about their 41 free agents. These are guys that are going to be fringe free agents anyways, across the league. They were going to get, you know, pretty much similar, similar contracts with San Francisco. They're going to get those same contracts elsewhere as they did in San Francisco, might as well just stay with the system that you're, you're familiar with and uh, keep it going from there. Um, and then I think the last thing I, we didn't touch on it, the Teddy Bridgewater thing. Um, yeah. That, I don't know what the hell that is, but I think it's super dumb. If you're looking to, if look, I know, I, I know whatever my perception is online about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's fine, but I would never in a hundred years replace Jimmy Garoppolo with Teddy Bridgewater. That is just not a smart business decision. You know, really $24 million on Jimmy to save, what, six or seven to go get Teddy Bridgewater? Nah, I'm good. No, thank you. Um, I think that's I, just more of like a, uh, hey, let's let's look around and see what else we can do. If we're going to take a rookie, maybe maybe Bridgewater is going to be released and you can possibly sign him off the street. But I, I, I am out on Teddy Bridgewater. Out. I love Teddy Two Gloves. I love Teddy Two Gloves as a person. I think his story is incredible after his knee exploded when he was playing in Minnesota, his ability to come back, his ability to carry the saints last year through the stretch when Drew Brees missed some games after he broke his hand. 
Uh, I, I think he did an okay job in Carolina this year. He didn't have a whole lot to work with. Um, that was just a, that was just kind of a, a rough team this year, especially with McCaffrey misses like 13 games. Thank you, fantasy team. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I draft him first overall, and that's what I get. Uh, it, it's a lateral move. Maybe a little bit of a, a lateral step move. And maybe, maybe a little bit of a setback for, from Jimmy Garoppolo to Teddy Bridgewater. And if, like you said, if you're only going to save $6 million, who gives a shit? Yeah. That's not the move to make. I think that the 49ers reaching out to the Carolina is maybe hearing what offers are you getting for Bridgewater? Yeah. What are you hearing? Because they might be trying to comp their own trade. If they're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, if they're indeed going to trade him because they move up in a draft or they make a move for a different quarterback. I think they just want to keep their finger on the pulse and they want to know, you know, what's happening around the league. What what does everything look like? So I'm not going to hate on the Niners for doing it. It's due diligence, right? That's the number one thing John Lynch has said since day one, due diligence. They're going to go out there and they're going to see exactly what's going on around the league. Um, I'm also out on Teddy Bridgewater. I, I don't. Feels great, baby. Yeah. <laughs> every time I get it gets me every time. Um, yeah, I'm just out on Teddy Bridgewater because it, it's it, the money doesn't make sense. Yeah. Now, if he gets if he gets released and Jimmy gets traded, you want to bring Teddy in. You can get him for cheap. Okay, we're talking. Yeah. But 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 to trade for T- Teddy Bridgewater at his current contract? No, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, I would. I'm I'm out on Teddy. Sorry. Love you, Teddy. Two gloves. Great story. Like the two gloves on you. Not not a fan of you as a 49er quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, I would I would be fine with that, you know. Um, you know, and then all the other mocks of Niners trading up for Mac Jones and Justin Fields mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Zach Wilson's a great fit. I mean, this this is all the same stuff we've been telling you. I'm not super I'm not super in on Mac Jones, but the stuff that you know we've kind of talked about over the last couple of months about potentially a rookie coming in and, and doing, you know, being able to start. I think that would be ideal. I think just from a roster construction that is possible and it's, and it makes the most sense for the 49ers going forward because you do have some big contracts coming up, you know, obviously Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. Um, and then of course, what do you, you know, in a couple of years, hopefully you intend to re-sign Ayuk and potentially Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things going on this week. Niners did create or not create how they got to $23 million in cap space was, guys who did not hit their incentives. So like Richard Sherman didn't hit an incentive. I think mm-hmm. Eric Armstead didn't hit an incentive. So that creates what's called a credit and that credit gets applied to the salary cap. So they had 13 million and then the other, you add in the other 11, it puts them at 23 and like a quarter um, yeah. for cap space. And then of course, if you decide to extend Lake and Tomlinson, that should create some more space. And then what do they plan on doing with Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead's contracts? I think, I think they'll leave those two contracts alone. I think they'll extend Lake and Tomlinson and then we might see some movement at the quarterback spot. We'll just see what's happening there um, in the coming weeks. But, but they need to make sure they do something um, with Trent Williams <clears throat> sooner than later. I do not want to see him hit free agency and the Colts decide to offer him everything. And then you have Quinn Nelson and Trent Williams on the same offensive line. I'd be very, very unhappy about that. Yeah, that would be an ideal landing spot for for uh, Trent Williams if he was not to stay in San Francisco. Indianapolis Colts scare the hell out of me. Because they have so much cap space, and that is already a very good football team. Uh, you know, obviously they they got Buckner in the trade last year, and Buckner was every bit as good as he was before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough to watch him go there and be just as successful, if not more so, than he was in San Francisco. Um, but their defense is legit. I, I got a quarterback problem because they had Carson Wentz. But if anybody can revive Carson Wentz's career, it's Frank Reich. So yeah. you know, maybe maybe something happens there. Um, 
But you know, the, the making space on the money, and this is where Parag comes in. He waves his little wizard hands and he creates these incentives and stuff that if the players don't hit, the team gets money back. And that extra $11 million is huge. Humongous. Huge. Yeah. That is huge. Because what I think we're going to see this year is I think we're going to see a rash of one-year deals. It's mercenary season, baby. With the weird offseason, the down cap, the weird season it was before, I think we're going to see a lot of players that maybe go somewhere that they think they can maximize their potential and get a long-term contract the following offseason. Makes a lot so, of sense. So, guys, the one guy that stands out to me the most, Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick. He can if he if he comes out and plays on a one year deal, say one year eight million, one year eight million dollars to play across from Nick Bosa, to play with Kinlaw Armstead, to play in a defense that is designed to get him sacks, and he can pump up his value and then go get a long term, you know, four or five year deal worth sixty million, seventy million. That's a smart business move for Yannick Ngakwe. Um, so I, I think that's one of the guys that just really stands out to me in what could be a mercenary offseason. Um, yeah. I don't say that in a bad way. Mercenary is not, it, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> it, it, that word comes with a connotation of, 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 of negative things. It's not, it's not, it's just once you're playing on one year deals, you're kind of a mercenary, right? It's like Trevor yeah. Bauer in baseball. He's a mercenary. He's going to go play Clowning. one year deal. Yeah, Clowning exactly. In Seattle and, and yeah. now in Tennessee. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, we'll get into free agency next week. Javier's got to get to work. Um, so let's get out of here. Um, again, thank you to ben- Benjamin St. Juice from Minnesota, the cornerback. Uh, if you haven't taken a look at his stuff, go ahead and follow him on uh, Instagram at it's uh, at Ben. Hold on, I got at Ben J underscore Juice. Juice, yeah, at Ben J underscore Juice. Um, Minnesota corner. Um, he had, like you said, he had a meeting with the Niners, so that's some somebody to keep your eye on. Um, we do plan on having another guest, Wyatt Hubbard. Hubbard's right, Hubbard. Hubert. Wyatt Hubert. Hubert. Why Kansas Hubert, State next Kansas week. State. He was one of the standouts uh, at the edge position. So we're hitting all the spots, buddy. We got wide receiver. It. We got safety. We got a corner and edge rusher. Like we're offensive line. Line. Yeah, we're we're, 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 we're crushing it, man. We're working. We're working. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to trying to trying to give trying to give the listeners a very well rounded representation of what we liked in Mobile. Yeah, that's what we're trying absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so until next week, um, I'm Javi. That is Matt. Check everything out on Twitter at Javi underscore. And then check my guy, Matt, at Matt Bar underscore. Don't forget to check 49ersgoldmine.com. We have articles going up nonstop. These guys are pumping out fantastic content. A lot of mock drafts, a lot of trade scenarios, a lot of what should we do at quarterback, a lot of everything. So just make sure to check it out. 49ersgoldmine.com. Trying to change the narrative on Eric Armstead. Solid work. And then there's a McGlinchey piece coming out that Brett wrote, which is going to be pretty awesome. I liked it. Yep. It was really, really good. Um, but be on the lookout for all that stuff. Until then, everyone stay safe. Put your masks on. Uh, Texas is open. And then, oh, my God, we'll see what happens on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but until then, everyone stay safe. Peace.